Well, hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Primary Care Podcast. It is your boy, Dr. Markless, coming at you today with another episode. Today we're taking a joke from the primarycarepod at gmail.com inbox. Dr. List, you know, it's really important to remember that jokes about murder are never funny unless they're executed properly. All right, let's start the podcast. The Primary Care Podcast is written and edited by a family physician for an audience of other physicians, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants, residents, and medical students interested in primary care topics. This is not a podcast for patients and should not be used as medical advice. This is also a personal podcast produced on my own time and solely reflecting my personal opinions. Statements of this podcast do not reflect the views or policies of my employer, past or present, or any other organization with which I may be affiliated. Thank you for listening to the Primary Care Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark List, here to bring you the latest news, guidelines, and updates from primary care sources around the globe. Keeping it under 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and I'm not that smart. Welcome. Welcome back. Welcome back, pod girls, pod boys, pod peoples. It's your boy, Dr. Mark List. Uh, today's episode is actually coming to you hot off the presses. I literally just read this JAMA over lunch, and then I had a patient no-show in the afternoon. So uh, we're just going to do a podcast episode today. Um, and actually, uh, the the JAMA this week, uh, October 4th, I'm reading this here, 2022, uh, most of the articles are pretty garbage. Uh, not going to lie, as JAMA is usually for primary care, pretty garbage. Uh, but there's actually a JAMA clinical guidelines synopsis uh, in this, and I was going to flip to it. Um, I read this over lunch, and I thought it was a really, really good quick hitter. And uh, apparently, um, I do such a, 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 I try to follow the up-to-date guidelines and recommendations. And according to this, in April 1st, the 2022 American College of Cardiology, American Heart Associations, updated their Heart Failure Society of America uh, guidelines for the management of heart failure. And they basically recommended that we separate uh, heart failure into four classes, okay? So heart failure, uh, and, and all of them are based on ejection fraction, okay? So we've got heart failure with reduced ejection fraction, so any ejection fraction less than 40%, heart failure with mildly reduced ejection fraction, which is an EF from 41 to 49%, and then basically you are a preserved uh, heart failure with preserved ejection fraction uh, with a ejection fraction greater than 50%, anything above greater than 50%. And then heart failure with improved ejection fraction. So if at any point they were under 40, so HEF-REF is under 40, HEF-PEF is over 50, HEF-MILDLY-REF is 41 to 49, and heart failure, uh, and then HEF-IMPROVED-F is if they were under 40 and now anything, they have anything over 40. Um, so not to confuse you with HEF-PEF and HEF-REF, but now it's HEF-REF under 40, HEF-MILDLY-F with 41 to 49, HEF-PEF with greater than 50, and then HEF-IMPROVED-F with uh, less than 40 uh, and now above 40. So that's those are the, new, those are the four new uh, recommendations that we start calling our heart failure patients, okay? And then they really focused on a couple of big medication changes, okay? Uh, the biggest changes are, are really easily summarized, and that is if patients have a reduced ejection fraction, right? So HEF-REF, and it's chronic, not acute, but chronic, we really need to be focusing on the angiotensin receptor neprilysin inhibitor combo, aka Entresto, that's uh, Segupatril plus uh uh, Losartan, that's the only one on the market right now. The class is called an ARNI. I currently don't prescribe a ton of this. Number one, I have a ton of people with heart failure. I have way more HEF-PEF than I have HEF-REFs. Um, and with HEF-REF, 
this is this is a really great medicine, but the GoodRx price is six hundred and eighty dollars. Now, you can get a you can get on GoodRx a card from the drug manufacturer to save forty two hundred dollars a year direct from the drug company, and that graciously reduces the price to only $288 a month. So again, I don't know too many people that can afford uh, Entresto uh, willy-nilly. So I, I, I don't use it nearly as much as I probably should. I, I do rely a lot on, you know, Lasix and ARBs and, or ACE inhibitors, etc. And uh, the guidelines go on to say ARNIs are definitely preferred over ACEs or ARBs, but when you can't use ARNIs because they're not feasible, ACEs are preferred over ARBs unless there's significant cough or angioedema, which I thought was interesting that the data actually does support ACEs over ARBs because for hypertension, as we've talked about in a previous episode this this year, um, uh, ARBs look to be the better, uh, similar drug to than ACEs, but significantly less side effects. So interesting, the heart failure data uh, recommends ACEs over ARBs. Um, then, of course, they talk about the same topic that I've talked about for now for a year and a half, and that is SGLT2s are great heart failure drugs period. Better heart failure drug than a diabetic drug. Yes, it can reduce A1Cs, but the better impact is on heart failure. So their recommendation is SGLT2s should be included across all heart failure categories. Um, Symptomatic heart failure with the reduced ejection fraction, mildly reduced ejection fraction, and HEFPEF, right? Preserved ejection fraction. Patients with heart failure, here's another recommendation, with improved EF, right, so they were below 40, now they're above 40, should continue medical therapy regardless. And then finally, evidence-based treatment of heart failure with preserved ejection fraction, so our HEFPEF patients, include SGLT2 inhibitors, blood pressure control, and then mineral corticoid antagonists, so spironolactone, okay? They also throw in ARBs and ARNIs. Obviously, you don't use those combined because uh, losartan is, you know, basically uh, in the combination of Entresto. Basically, you have an ARB in the ARNIs. So um, really, you choose an ARB or an Entresto, okay? So if Entresto is economically feasible for your patients. So uh, major changes just basically include the stress on the change in classification. So it's no longer, right, back in med school for me in residency, it was always, uh, you know, uh, systolic dysfunction or diastolic dysfunction. Now we're changing to heart failure with reduced ejection fraction, heart failure with mildly reduced ejection fraction, heart failure with preserved ejection fraction, again, 40, 41 through 49 and greater than 50. And then there's improved EF, so it was less than 40, now better. And obviously, you know, I've used HEFPEF and HEFREF for a while, but this clearly delineates the fact that now there's even an intermediate grade of mild um, HEFREF. You know, the focus on SGLT2s, the focus on um, Entresto obviously is new, the Secubitril, the Secubitril, sorry, Secubitril slash Valsartan combo um, being the two major winners and, and pushers, uh, push drugs in this uh, recommendation. Um, and again, ACEs over ARBs if you can't afford an ARNI. Um, and then finally, maintain blood pressure control, consider uh, mineral corticoids for HEF-PEF, uh, and then consider ARBs for HEF-PEF as well. So really short episode today, just focusing on the updated guidelines and the recommendations. Um, again, I think heart failure is something absolutely easily controlled by primary care. Interestingly, 
no mention in their guidelines of loop diuretics, right? No focus on uh, classically, you know, pounding patients with Lasix. This is more of those kind of chronically, uh, you know, managing them, titrating symptoms or improving symptoms, titrating doses up to maximum tolerated doses, um, and, and controlling disease, not necessarily just controlling symptoms like Lasix does. Um, and so again, I think a, a bigger uh, importance on those two new control. I say new, but not new, but new to the guideline controller drugs really pushing this uh, and, and going from there. So hopefully this was a helpful refresher and a helpful update. Again, management of heart failure doesn't need to be hard, doesn't need to be um, too over the top, just really need to push the appropriate drugs. And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys next week. This has been Dr. Marcos with the episode of the Primary Care Podcast. Uh, thanks. Reminder, you can email me at primarycarepod.gmail.com if you need anything. Thanks and God bless. Reminder, you don't need to stay up all night to stay up to date. Thanks. <laughs>